Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Former Razorback Guy Whitney on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. That's where he is right now. He's also all over Twitter, which is how I found him. And uh, I keep up with Guy to some degree through Pat Bradley, who was uh, those two are thick as thieves. Anyway, it's good to have him in the zone. He's now kicking it Man. in the big city. Guy, welcome. Hey, man, it's good to hear from you, man. It's really nice to be on your show today. Well, I uh, this was a quick turnaround. I just reached out to him this morning. I appreciate you accommodating us. So how are things in the big city, my man? Well, there is a – I guess they're just like everywhere. Uh, it's a weird – it's been a weird couple years here. And, uh, you know, we're still wearing masks on the subway, most of us. But um, I don't know, man. It, I don't know if I would rather be here or – outside of new york during a pandemic because uh you know it's so dense that we you know you come in contact with so many more people but at the same time it's a good place to sort of uh if you don't do anything you're not isolated you know you're still in this city so i think it's been good for me to be here actually when did you originally go to new york i moved here in october of 2003 and uh i've been here basically ever since however over the years, there were a couple times when, like, I would be burnt out from a job or my lease was coming up, and I would just say, you know what, I think I'll go hang out with Pat and catch up with my mom for a few months in Little Rock. And so I, I was in Little Rock all of 2011 and uh, some of 2015, and, but I've been here steady since, uh, well, basically the last 18 years other than that. What are you, what are you doing? Well, I'm... I'm kind of like Kramer on Seinfeld. I'm, uh, I've always got a bunch of bad ideas going at once. Uh, I do have a day job. I, I'm an optician in Soho. I'm at the shop right now. I'm also an actor. Um, I'm in SAG, and I'm performing a play next month in Brooklyn that uh, probably only a couple hundred people will see. But, uh, you know, it's always something different up here. It's part of the reason I like it, just the variety and the uh, lack of monotony. What's your What's your goal? Is it to make it on Broadway? At this point, my goal is a lot different than it was when I moved here. You know, 20 years ago, my goal was by the time I'm in my 50s, you know, I want to I wanna make my living through something that I really love. And what do I love more than anything? You know, it's movies and stuff. But, you know, now I'm I'm older. It didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, my goals are now to uh, enjoy life and stay healthy uh, and just, you know, enjoy being with my friends. And I don't I don't really have any goal, to be honest. I don't have any kids, so I don't have any pressure. That, that does help. Uh, Guy Whitney walking the earth with us here on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Now, I looked up your, your info on, on uh, Hogstats. And it has you listed as your hometown of Bentonville, but I thought you were from a small town, a smaller town than that. Neither. I grew up in Little Rock. I uh, I was born in Little Rock. I went to uh, Romine Elementary for seven years. Then I went to Henderson Junior High in seventh and eighth grade. I was on the team with Wesley Flanagan, who went to Auburn. And yep. Derek Fisher was a year ahead of us. In ninth grade, I moved to live with my dad. He lived in Van Buren. That's what it was. And I spent, in ninth grade was the first year that my game sort of came indoors. I was more of a playground player growing up. And I didn't, I didn't really love playing in front of adults and referees and wearing shorts, although I was on the Henderson team. But 
Ninth grade was different because they didn't really have that Little Rock playground culture. All basketball was indoors. So it was the first year that I was, like, really coached and stuff. Then in 10th grade, my dad got moved for his job to Bentonville. So I went to Bentonville in 10th, 11th, and 12th. And that's when, um, you know, I played for Boyd Shelton. And, uh, and yeah, we, we were only in Bentonville a few years. But you hone your game in Little Rock, you're saying, growing up. Yeah, I consider where I learned the game was really in Little Rock. Where I learned the game was at Pinnock Boys Club and and at, you know, on playgrounds, just outside. That's why by the time I was playing for the Razorbacks, you know, I was very foul prone. I tended to go for steals all the time. I cursed way <laughs> too much. It was because in some ways I was always that outdoor player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you're in New York and someone asks where you're from, what do you tell them? I tell them I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I, I usually say Little Rock, uh, and I and, and I, I pause and, and see if they know where that is, and then I say um, Arkansas if they don't. But most people know Little Rock, and then yeah. the first thing they say is, oh, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, always. Doesn't matter if you're in Italy or you're in New York, you're going to get that usually, and obviously they've got connections yeah. to New York too. So uh, we're talking to Guy Whitney if you're just tuning in. Lots of fun here. Uh, I, I wanted to get you on for a number of reasons, mostly to see if you give us any dirt on Pat. The videos, now I, I, I'm surprised we never had you on, I don't think, when Pat was here for the 10 years we did the show together, maybe one time. Um, yeah. But the videos of you guys playing music back in the day, I think maybe with your grandmother or something, uh, just mm-hmm. some great stuff. But you got a bunch of old videos from back when you guys were playing that are starting to come out a little bit, or I've seen, I guess, more recently. I don't know if they'd been out before, but did, did you carry a Super 8 camera with you when you guys were traveling and get, for games and stuff? Yeah, actually, I had a camcorder. I was always fascinated with camcorders and stuff. And in college, I I got one uh, my junior year. I had one of those real big ones. So my junior year, I didn't take it on the road. And then the night before the Kentucky game, my junior year, someone broke into my apartment and stole that. And I got an insurance check. And then I was like, oh, now I can upgrade and get one of those little ones. So my senior year, I had a little one, and I took it on the road with us, and me and Pat would talk to it before the game. And then if we won, we would talk to it after the game. But if we lost, I don't know. It, back then, it was inappropriate to whip out a camera um, if you lost because it was a time when not everybody had a video camera in their back pocket. So it was kind of <laughs> weird when you broke it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, that, that footage is just priceless to me now. And uh, it's a real good lesson to go back and – watch it and look at the stuff that we're talking about because you know old players love to really mythologize what it was all like you know what i mean and you know it's different than you remember it because over the years as you get older you try to you make it better you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you really think you always had the right mindset but if you have that stuff on camera from the 90s like oh i was actually complaining a little bit that game or oh uh, we weren't that close sometimes, or oh, I, I see so many things why we peaked too early in the season and exited in the second round, stuff like that. It's it's a real eye opener. I can't show you most of the footage. Uh, that's probably all right. Pat is such a great muse. Having worked with him, I mean, he's one of the all time great characters. I think in Arkansas sports history, and without a doubt, yeah, what a great guy to be able to to mess around with. Obviously, off camera, but also on camera. Um, I mean, give me something. What was it like playing oh, with him, man. you know, hanging with him back in the day? Uh, okay, so the first time I ever heard the name Pat Bradley, I was uh, reading a Hogs Illustrated when I was on the team during the 95 year. And I was thinking, oh, this dude's already been hurt. 
He's not that tall. He doesn't seem like a Razorback to me. Like, I'm 6'5". I can dunk and shoot. Like, I felt like I was a Razorback. So I wasn't really worried about Pat coming in. And I really didn't think we were going to be friends because I figured we're probably going to hate each other for a year. Well, sure enough, he shows up, and right away, it was like we, we were made to be best friends. It was like, oh, man. Oh, man, this dude like Frank Sinatra and gangster movies. Like, we were best friends, like, right away. But he showed up out of shape. He was, like, 15 pounds overweight when school started. And I really I didn't think he was that great. But then we started running, and every day he was skinnier than the day before. And by the time the season started, he was like, oh, dude, this dude is real good. And um, But luckily, by then, we were such good friends that – that dynamic of one of us became this star. I mean, Pat was arguably the most famous Razorback on campus for those four years in any sport. And and I was basically a, a scrub. I got to play my junior and senior year, but there was a major difference, and that can hurt a friendship, and it, it never hurt us. I mean, I, I, was, I always shared in his triumph. He was always pulling for me, and I was amazed at the way he moved through Arkansas and the way he would talk to adults um, at such a young age and be so comfortable in his own skin. And I, was, I learned a lot from watching it because, you know, he was sort of free. His home was far away, and he was, like, away. And he, he was just sort of like in another world down here, whereas I, growing up in Arkansas, if anything, it was too big of a deal for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For, Ar- for Arkansans that finally put on that uniform, you kind of think, like, you're a knight at the round table. Like it's it's kind of <laughs> at that age, you think it's actually even more important than it is. Mm-hmm. So if anything, I put too much. I was always putting too much pressure on myself and thinking if we lose, the whole state's going to be depressed until the next game. But Pat, you know, he moved in a different way, and it was good for me to 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 balance me out a little bit. And he could talk. You know, when you're that age. You know, there's the way you are funny and the way you talk when you're with your friends. But then when you're around adults, you, you're you different. But Pat would, like, right away, he could talk to a room full of adults or the coaches or reporters in the same sort of loose personality, funny self that he was when it was just, like, the guys hanging out. And I was like, man, how does he do this? But more importantly, how does he get away with this? <laughs> you don't realize at that age that that's how adults want you to be with like, now I'm that age. Like, now we're old men. And when we're around high school kids, we just want them to be themselves, you know, loosen up. And you don't know that when you're that age. You think you got to, like, straighten up. So I never really showed my personality to, like, the adults in the, around, like the coaches. But Pat, boy, he was a natural at it. And it was really good for me to just watch him move through that space. Talking to Guy Whitney on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. What was your path from Lyon, or I guess Arkansas College at the time, to Arkansas? How did that How did that happen? So I, for some reason, it didn't occur to me coming out of high school to try to walk on to the racetracks. I really wish I had it. Um, you know, I was a six-four, basically a guard that, you know, I was all state. I think I would have had a pretty good chance of walking on. It didn't occur to me, so I was like, I just want a scholarship. And I, you know, I went to I went down to Batesville. I had a good visit, and right away, I mean, right away, I was like, "Oh, I've made a mistake. I'm at the wrong place. 
I don't I don't know how to play this kind of basketball. This is this is not equipped for me. I'm not happy. And on spring break that year, um, during the '94 run, I, I went home, and one of my buddies was like, "I got tickets to the Elite Eight. We go down to Dallas and we watch that Michigan game." And you know, Bill Clinton's there, and just the the hugeness of it all just kind of blew my mind, you know. And I remember I had this moment after the game we won, of course, and put us in the Final Four, and I was just like standing there, and I was watching all the guys down there, like hugging each other, and and just all these people yelling, and I was just like, man, I I, I don't think I can go on living if I don't at least try to get on that team. Because, you know, I had played against Corliss a lot in high school and always done well. He was, like, the best player. And I was like, seems like I could at least get on this team. And it was, it was naive. And it was crazy. And it, it, was, it was, I even told my dad. And my dad was like, they just won the championship. Everybody wants to play for them now. They have everybody coming out. And you're going to give up a scholarship to just try? And I was like, I have to, Dad. I just, I just have to. And, uh. I, I told my coach I was leaving. I'm going to go try to walk on for the Razorbacks. And he, he basically laughed in my face and asked me, how's it going to feel next year when basketball rolls around and you're playing in the hyper? And I was like, man, I have to make it or I'm going to look real bad to a lot of people, <laughs> including myself. But that summer uh, during the basketball camp, I started going, just showing up at Bud Walton Arena and getting in the pickup games after the camp, because a lot of the Hogs would be there and would play scrimmage. And that's how I first got my foot in the door, because my high school coach was working those camps, and he told Coach Richardson, you need to look at this kid. He, he, he said, he's the best player that ever played for me, and uh, he's going to try to walk on. So just Coach Richardson hearing that from my coach was like, all right, I'll have a look. So by the time school started, I had been sort of, scrimmaging with the guys all summer, but I didn't know what to do next. Like, I, I really didn't know now what. So the first day of school, I ran into Landis Williams, and I was like, when are you guys having practice? And he said, 3 o'clock. And I was like, can I just crash this thing? I'm going to see what happens when I just crash this. So I showed up to Bo Walton first, the second day of school. It's the first meeting of the whole national championship team. And the first person I saw was Coach Anderson. And he goes, Hey, guy! And he, like, dapped me up. He gave me, like, a half hug. And I was like, oh, man, this is good. This is good. This is real good. Then Coach Richardson came in and was like, hey, guy, how you doing? So I was just like, man, it was good that I showed up here today. And then Coach Richardson calls me into the locker room for the meeting. And I'm like, holy shit, I just forced up my way into the locker room. So now I'm in the locker room, first meeting of the year of the national camp, sitting in a room with everybody, and he introduces me and goes, this is guy, he's going to try to walk on. And everyone just went, hey, and went back to the meeting. So, And from that point on, I just was part of offseason, but nobody said, you're on the team. I was just a part of offseason, so I started coming every day. And I was in really good shape. Like, all the running, all the outdoor running, like, I was always one of the first ones. Cause, like, this was, this was all the marbles, you know what I mean? Like, this is basically me trying to play for the Lakers in my mind. You know, I'm from Arkansas. It, this can't be any bigger of a deal. And finally, when Midnight Madness came around, I had a I had a jersey in my locker, and he introduced me, and it was like, I guess I'm on the team. 
But then I still had to, as a formality, I had to do the official walk-on tryouts, which are after midnight madness. And they're like a week long. So I would practice with the team. And then after that, it was walk-on tryouts. And I was out there with a hundred other guys all gunning for me because I'm wearing the practice uniform. You know, I was, I was just at midnight madness. So I was a marked man, but you know, I had Scotty Thurman in the stands going, show him guys, show him guy. And it was just, it was awesome. It, it was a dream come true. It really was. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Talking to guy Whitney, if you're just tuning in, I love that story. I've never heard that before. That's so awesome. Um, you got uh, hey thirty six percent career three point shooter in your time at Arkansas. Uh, the three point streak just came to an end. I know you had some thoughts on that on Twitter this morning. I, I kind of poo pooed it a little bit yesterday. Like, look, it's not the most important thing in the world, but there were a lot of fans losing their minds over the streak coming to an end. As a former player, what'd you think? Well, well, I get that it's not that big a deal. We need we need to move on, but I would say that. You have to think about the, the people that have, you know, think about the people that used to sleep in a tent in the 80s for, for days to get tickets. Like that kind of stuff, it all means something to Razorback fans. And when I was watching the game, at some point, Damien Fishback was starting to talk about this streak. And the other guy was like, Do you think that they're aware of it on the bench? And Fishback was like, Oh, they're definitely aware of it. They know. But I don't think they knew. Mm-mm. And uh, I saw a quote afterwards that apparently Musk didn't realize this, about the streak until like a minute left or, or a couple minutes left and then was like uh, didn't care about the streak basically. And I think, you know, that's the first time that I said to myself, oh, well, that's because you just got here. Because if you had been here a long time, you would, you would know how Arkansas fans are. And if you, if there's a streak that's been going since 1989, there's a lot of Arkansas fans that rem- have a lot of good memories that have to do with the streak. That if you'd have been here a while and known Arkansas fans a little better, you might have told No man, just pull up from the logo a couple times, man. It'll be fun, man. And if we make one, the place will go nuts. So yeah. it's, I, I have to admit, it's not that big a deal. It did bother me that he didn't know, and it bothered me more that he didn't care once he found out. And I think part of it is it would have been a bad look, maybe, if we would have started trying to pull one and couldn't make one. Because, let's face it, we don't have any shooters. You know, those kind of shooters on our team. So, yeah, it's not a big deal, but it did matter. It did matter. Anytime there's a list and Arkansas's number three, it, that, that means something to sure. us. You know what I mean? I got you. The Arkans, the, like the old school crowd, like that means a lot to us. Don't underestimate it. That's what I would say. I didn't care, but now I care. You talked me into it. I, I totally changed yeah. my mind. Uh, we only got like a minute left. We got to run. We're actually behind, but I got to hear the, your take on this. I've seen a couple of tweets from you, too. Talking to Guy Whitney, if you're just tuning in, you've got some, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it looks like you've got some issues with the way the court is laid out. What What is your issue with Arkansas's court? Well, number one, our court. Is an iconic, our old court, the one that the triplets, Joe Klein, Daryl Walker, all the way through May Day, through Pat, through Joe Johnson, that is an iconic court. That's like a Coca-Cola can. It's perfect. You don't tinker with the Coke recipe. And now our coat looks like a beige holiday sweater, and it's ugly, number one. Number one, it's ugly. Number two, I'm watching the game on TV, and I keep having to remind myself that I've ever been to this place because it doesn't feel like us. 
And uh, I, I just think that all former players should have one thing in common. We played on the same court. I think someone coming to Bud Walton for the first time in their life should walk in and see the same court that everyone played on. I think it's an important part of our tradition. And in a life where we lose everything from our eyesight to our parents, can we hold on to a couple things that make us happy? And that slobbering hog in a red lane and that old court is that. And I want it changed. <laughs> well, you're on the record, guy. I appreciate that. Quote me on that. I got, And you can print it. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, it was an awesome visit. I wish we had more time. We got to run, but we'll do it again for sure. I appreciate you. And, hey, uh, thank you, brother. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. That little guy who was a little scared back in the day, you're really good at talking to grown-ups now. Got to give you credit. Yep. Uh, thank you, brother. You're the man. Take care, buddy. Take care, bro. All right, see you, bud.